Welcome to Moonday Mystic by Modern Mystic Shop, the podcast where we help you harness your intuition, your personal power, so that you can live a magical life. Hi, welcome to another episode of Moonday Mystic. Today I am here with Remington Donovan. He is a master numerologist and mystic seeker trained in the spiritual wisdom of the ancients. He was quite literally born into the traditions of mysticism, spirituality, and meditation, which naturally evolved into his now 30 years of practicing tarot and numerology. Along with performing thousands of private readings, Remington teaches and speaks all over the world and he'll be speaking to us today about his newest book, Prosperity Practices. Welcome, Remy. Kelly, hey. thank, thank you so much. Um, it's awesome to be here. I did try to uh, stalk you the last time I was in New York. Um, yes. I saw the shop, but uh, we, uh, we didn't cross paths. But we met a number of years ago in L.A., Yes, for probably a while. We've been in like a lot five. of the same rooms. Yeah, yeah, that was probably like five, six years ago. I, I yeah. don't like, but cr definitely cross paths and then social media. So I was like watching your journey uh, and then making it back, I guess, back to New York and having yeah. the shop there too. Yeah. So congrats and all that. It's, I don't know if it's stalking, if it's invited. You know, you're welcome. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're welcome Scorpio, to follow right? I, yeah. I have to like maneuver in secret and then hopefully it's like, hey, good to see you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm a Scorpio too. I've got a oh. lot of Scorpio on my chart. So we're going to go there today. All huh? right. Let's uh, <laughs> Scorpio it up. I didn't realize you were a Scorpio. All right. You, you hit yeah. that well. <laughs> like a thank true you. Thank Scorpio. you. Well, I don't, pres I, well, I feel like my Sag rising is a blessing because I seem a lot more outgoing and fun than I yeah, probably am. <laughs> I'm an Aquarius rising. I have a lot of Scorpio, but I have a lot of Aquarius. So it definitely, it fools everybody. Those are sort yes. of fast thinking, more gregarious, you know, uh, both yeah. of those signs, especially Sag. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've got a little bit of Sag, mostly Scorpio on my chart. So I guess we will start out now that I'm thinking of our questions. We're going to just get real right off the bat, which is, you know, right. you cover some pretty heavy, real, dark, personal parts of your story in your book, Prosperity Practices, yes. um, which which I appreciated that that honesty, because I think a lot of people have hit those rock bottom points. So I'm wondering if you could tell us just the other people who haven't yet had the opportunity to read your book a little bit about your personal story, specifically kind of going from poverty to prosperity over time. Yeah. Um, you know, thanks for allowing the space. I, I do have to admit at first that wasn't my initial plan, right? Mm. Just because I was like, I don't want to write a book about me, but in, in putting these different practices together, I also wanted to show, Hey, here's some results, right? Because I've read a lot of these, you know, mindset books, some are very famous. Um, mm -hmm. And I've gotten great tips out of it. But I, my experience was it, it gets so fanciful that um, what about just regular people working a job, maybe feeling like they'd like to, you know, make $5 an hour more, not just like, how do I make a few hundred grand a year? How do I make seven figures a year? But it's those increments. And 
it just sort of came to me in meditation to share some practices that are very accessible to anybody to ultimately to get a little more in touch with your infinite soul. And my, and that was my story. And so when I shared that with my editor, I mean, that kind of, I wasn't saying it to like sell it, but I sort of joked. I said, I, you know, I went from like $10 an hour to like a hundred thousand a year and then up from there. But that was like, a good trajectory. And as, as I started to write the book, I was like, I just have to be honest. And I, and I want, Mm -hmm. I want the book for someone who's doing good, but wants to like, wants to go even bigger. But I also really want somebody who really feels down and out, right. Who really knows what it's like to be flat broke or to be suicidal or to be strung out on drugs. And not that you have to get to that place to make a change, but that was my shift. And, and for me, I guess about, uh, it's like 10 ish years ago, a little over now. I just, I suicide became, that was my solution. Like I really felt as if I just was sort of incarnated slightly wrong time, wrong place. It was like, no matter what I did, I couldn't like get ahead. And I, I just felt like, And I've had moments, I've had some things that worked out financially and it just, I really just hit a dark period in my life. And that's what I, for me, I really needed it to go that bad. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I, the catalyst was like losing my job, which wasn't like a career. I was just like, I was working in a high end restaurant. It was an okay job. And I was trying to do stand up comedy. I had a television show in the works. I had recently moved to Los Angeles, whole change in my life and life trajectory just with that. And then I just that losing that job, which wasn't my career goal to wait tables forever, which is a very honorable job. And I, I, you know, I have a lot of respect for people that do it and I've done it for years, but for me, I needed a change. And what I got to was like, damn it, like how I can't even function in the world. Like I can't do a job that I've known how to do at a pretty high end level. And I was just renting a little room, you know, in, in, in Los Angeles in Venice, kind of by the beach. And I just, it all spun out. And I thought, well, my only solution is I just, I need, I, I, I'm just not supposed to be here. Like I, I had convinced myself on some level, I, I curse something. I, I just don't know. And, um, and I had, you know, this is coming from somebody who I was born in a spiritual tradition. I was raised on an ashram. I, my dad taught yoga actually in New York city. Um, and that's where I was born. And then we moved to Connecticut as the ashram expanded, you know, I'm doing mantra and chanting and yoga as a child. I had to learn how to teach yoga. And then I really got into my Western mystery tradition, found a a teacher as a teenager, really dedicated my life to my path. And even with all of that, you know, I found that I was someone who just started living a double life, intoxicants, drugs, whatever. I just like decided I'm going to be o- open and honest because maybe there's somebody out there. I think a lot of people get drawn to these spiritual traditions or have guilt or shame or something that they might struggle with or with poverty, whatever the case is. And um, even with all of that, I allowed myself, I went to these dark places. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and it was like all within this period of severe suicidal depression. And I did write this in the book and I kind of gave a more truncated version. I'm like, if I ever write a long self-indulgent memoir, I'll go more <laughs> into it and in creative writing. But I just wanted to get the point across is you can get to these dark places and you can turn your life around. Yeah. And it all started with the suicide note that I was writing and I, my pen ran out of ink and I was like, and this was, I'm not exaggerating at all. I literally pulled a new pen out of the package because I used to do stand up comedy. So I, I was always walking around with notebook writing and mm-hmm. I liked those the G2 pens and <laughs> I still use them. That's my pen. And um, I just was like, I'm going to get a new pen and you know i i felt like such a loser at that mm. time that i'm like i'm so inept at life i can't even write a suicide note let alone like do the deed right. i had enough wherewithal and i kept thinking of a magical teaching i was taught it's just it, committing suicide you're never going to get away you're never mm. going to escape that problem. So that was still in the back of my mind, but I was making all the arrangements with the pen running out of ink, thinking I'm a loser. I certainly know now that was just higher spirit coming in. And being right. Like, that's what came when I was reading that. That's what I thought. I was like, uh, someone's saving his life right now. Yeah, yeah. That was higher spirit being like, dude, shut the, shut the F up. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. what I didn't get into as much in the book is that was also a period I was struggling with a lot of, uh, drugs. So I'll just, I'm just being super open here. Um, and things that are very, very challenging to get off of. And I had this experience and I just felt this like angelic presence after that Mm -hmm. night, after the, the failed suicide, I couldn't even, I can't even write a damn note. I'm such an idiot. Right. (laughs) Um, is I felt this, this like energy, this entity, I would, in my personal mythology, based on my training, I would, uh, I will say it was the goddess Isis. Now, she may come in different forms, but in magical traditions taught how she envelops you with her wings, right? And this, this great goddess mother. So it was that, that I felt this like, just overwhelmingly like ecstatic experience where all of a sudden I just felt released. I felt free and I just went to bed and then I had detoxed off what would be a lethal dose to anybody not on it of methadone, like cold Turkey and almost no side effects. Wow. And then my suicidal depression also just transmuted into the most profound gratitude that Mm -hmm. and lack of fear that I'd ever had in my life. And from that moment, yes, like getting off drugs, that's huge. But this was like this other experience that I attribute to this goddess. Um, And other cultures may have other terms and phrases and whatever, but I know in my heart that was her. And, um, because the, the courage and the gratitude that was installed, and it was from that moment of being grateful that that's sort of what inspired 
the book. But I also, it was years of learning other practices, getting like reactivating all my magical path, getting into different yoga practices. LA is a great city to like kind of get healthy, um, emotionally, sure. physically, spiritually. And, um, and I, I just, sh I came with this bag of training and tools, but I just, you know, that was the dark period transition. And then the rest has just been sorting things out. And also money for me, that was a big obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a miracle. I mean, it sounds like you experienced a miracle. Yeah. I mean, what else would you call that? I'm going to say it was a miracle. Like, yeah. cause I also didn't have the trials and tribulations and the horrors of like those detoxes, which are intense sure. now. And, and I just figured, you know what, I'm going to share it. I'm going to let people know. I know what it's like to be that broke. You don't have to be that broke, but everything that I put in that book, these are, they're really tried and true. These aren't things I've made up. Like, Oh, I started doing this. Like these are things that I'd learned over the years the difference too, and why I called it prosperity practices, you have to do them, right? You have to put yes. it into practice, right? Yes. It's not like philosophical, wishful thinking your way into like, you know, a million dollars, you know, I think visualization and holding a space, all of that's important, but that's kind of why some of the first process in that book is just gratitude. And it's, mm -hmm. there's still a part of my ego that's like, God, that's so cheesy, right? But it so worked because that to me is what the goddess gave me is when I flipped that switch and I said, wait a minute. And I focused, what do I have? And I was in the process of getting, I'd lost my job. I had no money. I was getting evicted. Los Angeles is a big, vast, scary city. And then I just surrendered to this love. And then from that moment on, though, everything has kept working out for me in my life. Yeah. And the, the conflicts, like sure there's like life management figuring things out i have a baby now a house all this stuff but um you know i i should i i want to jump in on the money part for a minute okay let's do it because and you know i do make a point in the book like prosperity is a lot of things you know i think time love money health um you know, money isn't the end all be all for me. That was something I needed to change. And it was those blocks that I had and also reconciling and learning. Making money is is self-care and money is freedom and it's empowerment. And it's like how I have choice and I have power in the world, not meaning I'm going to dominate and run for office. And, you know, but I mean, like I can I have choices. And I don't know, that just came one day because I was like, it was a few hours after, or a few years even after that very powerful transformative experience. I was grateful, but I just was like, I'm sick of being broke, right? And the universe, even when I was, didn't, wasn't financially together or solvent, I still felt I had a very rich and sort of wealthy life. I had really good friends, really good community. I still had managed to, somehow get nice places to live but um i wasn't empowered and so uh, i just wanted to share all of these things that brought my mindset different but for me coming over my overcoming my blocks of, of money and all those stupid things whether money is evil or oh it's not that important like it's really fucking important mm -hmm. 
you know when like if it's your end all be all and that's the only thing you have in your life well that's not prosperous but i know so many people just i don't know if it's a symptom of age that are just like oh money you know just want this sort of artsy free lifestyle but after a while you're like you can't do anything you want to go to europe you want to go to egypt you want to go like you want to just do something you want to drive around like just get it together. You know, in magic too, <laughs> it's funny as I was taught, we live in the, like we utilize the four wheel, you know, tarot, you're a tarot reader. You know, mm-hmm. we have fire spirit. We have, you know, that's also career the way I teach it and was taught. And we have the water or emotions, right? All of these are realms of prosperity. We have the swords, the air, that's our mind or brilliance or intellect. Don't forget we have earth. And that is money is one of those things, stability, living someplace, having a nice home. And so poverty was just a bad symptom of earth that mm-hmm. um, is like, wait, the, we these four, there's no world better than the other. And so it's already right there in these magical teachings. If anything, you could say tarot or teaches us, get your shit together. Um, <laughs> But then I just learned a lot of great techniques and practices that absolutely changed my life and changed my life to not only like, oh, I'm making, if you asked me years ago, oh, you can make this amount of money doing like numerology and talking about astrology and tarot, I'd be like, you're kidding me, right? You could support a family, buy a house, like have a luxury car if you want it, whatever the case is. It's not about the things but in a way it is because now the, the greatest abundance I have is I don't like, I have a lot of the time and I have the mm-hmm. love, right? So I have like an amazing wife. I have a son. I, I support all of that. And it's not even like I have to labor to the bone to do it. I'm doing me like the greatest prosperity is my job is me now. Yeah. And I think you're similar, you know, yeah. like you're sharing to yeah. the world, the stuff you love, even if it's, yeah. it's yes, this podcast, but yeah, you sell the goods also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that is the truest form of prosperity and how that aligns with freedom, the freedom to be you, the freedom yeah. to do what feeds you and all of those different areas of your life. You, I, this wasn't a planned question, but I'm just going to throw it out there. I've in my career though, I have had pushback from people who think that selling spiritual technologies, information, readings is an unethical way to earn money. And that is not my belief because to me, it's like you pay a doctor when you're sick, you pay, you know, you pay for your groceries, you pay for all these other services, but somehow because our industry is in a different category i've had that pushback what would you say to people who who would have that mindset kelly i think that's a really important point to bring up and that's just old paradigm stuff that that's Mm. like um you know what people don't realize they think i honestly i think it's entitlement ultimately but you know the magical path when i refer to the magical path it was i was more quote formally trained and sort of brought up in the Western magical, hermetic magical, Western mystery tradition. Then there's, you know, and that's a loose statement, you know, witchcraft even is all sort of tied in. But, um, you know, you, part of that is, is you, you pay. It doesn't mean you like, 
that's just it. Like you, that's just part of it. Kundalini yoga, you have to make an exchange, right? Now, of course, there's like a flip side where there's a charlatan and there's some, you know, some poser out there overcharging and not, you know, they don't have any foundation in a practice or a teacher or whatever. And that's just going to be their karma. But um, no, why? When I even up my rates for my readings, I notice everyone gets that much more out of it, too. Hmm. You like every my teacher would say. And magic. He said, you know, everybody, they'll pay for everything. They'll pay for a doctor. They'll pay for a car. They'll pay for expensive dinner. But nobody wants to pay for their soul. Hmm. And those people that are demanding everything be free, like, to go. I mean, you go to church. I don't know. Hmm. Tell me what you get out <laughs> of it. Tell me what you get with someone standing there babbling on. You know, it might be your path. I'll do respect. But um, you still make donations. I know Tibetan yeah. Buddhists and you go, I met the Oracle of Tibet. There's envelopes everywhere to give money. It's like these monasteries and these old, do you think the church is one of the richest organizations, probably the richest on the planet. So don't like, don't give me that BS. Like you've just been <laughs> programmed um, and go to the person that's free. Like I don't, that that's not this tradition. And mm-hmm. um, we're not in the days of like Nostradamus where you could be like a walking prophet and people would just provide and give everything. Ideally, yeah. sure, that would be good. But that's just not how it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for that answer. Um, I guess my follow up question is because I also hit a financial rock bottom, um, maybe not to the extent, but when I moved to New York City 12 years ago, I had I was overdrafted in my bank account and I remember jumping the turnstile to take the subway to get to work because I, I lived in Brooklyn and I worked in Manhattan and a friend having to mail me, like literally physically mailed me a couple hundred bucks just to get to my first paycheck. Um, I guess my question is, like, why do you think you and other people sort of have these financial blocks or these rock bottom points? And then some people are just born into a lot of luxury and it's just, is it, what do you think that is? Is it destiny? Is it karma? Like, what would you call that? Uh, these are great questions, Kelly. I, you know, these are things I think about also. I was like, as you said that, I was like, gosh, the last time I was in New York City, which was like June, I feel like I hit a rock bottom because I had to get <laughs> a hotel <laughs> and like pay to park my car. I was like, damn, like the, I was like the taxes on the hotel, but I mean, I'm joking. I'm glad I was able to do it, but I'm still looking at the receipts like, damn, um, <laughs> So yeah, New York. Um, well, I think a few things. I think, I mean, I think people like us, we sort of, I think it's, I can't speak for you, but I know that it's also easy to fall into what I was talking about before, where we sort of also dwell in these more, quote, etheric realms and and you know, in our heart chakras and in the ethers. And sometimes that is just, I think for a lot of people really drawn to a spiritual path, it's often that the just connecting to that earth realm becomes challenging. Like Mm -hmm. I, my joke is like for me to like get ahead, I have to do all these special practices and meditations and write a book about it and do this day in and day out and prosperity, this and that. And some people just like, uh, it just shows up. I think it's a mix of things. I think some people it's just sort of in their energy field it may be what yeah. they were meant to experience in this life. And that might be the thing that's easy. 
Um, and uh, some people just have this natural ability where their energy, it's like their aura is really connected to the earth. And I, I watch those people. I try to, you know, like if I have friends like that, I, you know, that I spend time with, I, I observe and I just sense how, how money is, but I think that it comes from also valuing it. You know, we all know mm -hmm. people that are super loaded still, you know, are 50 and can't find a, a partner to save their life, right. you know? So that's why I want to encompass that. It, it's this the holistic life. Yeah. Um, I think that here's the deal. I think some people just have that and they have a natural flow. Some people have a natural flow and just like, oh yeah, I met the love of my life and it was great. It's been working out ever since. Right. right. Um, I feel like I didn't, I feel like I had a charm, but somehow I sabotaged the natural flow or I didn't apply mm -hmm. myself. Um, but that's what I point out in the book is like, we can change all of that. And here are the techniques and tools to change it. And I think that's what we forget about. You know, yeah. I live in Vermont now and, and there's multi-generation families here. And, you know, and it's probably like anywhere else in the world. But, you know, I encounter people that they're their thinking is only like the guy I met this guy and he's like he just needs his 40 hours a week. So he's already programmed himself, whatever the job is, as long as it's 40 hours a week, it could be $15 an hour. But if he has his 40 hours a week, then everything in his life is set and taken care of. And, um, and he's struggling to like register his car at the DMV. And so it's a lot of the, I just, uh, I'm not going to like give him a, a pep talk. Here's my book, dude. You got to expand. You need to make a vision board. Um, you have no vision, you know, but he's locked into that's the solution. And I think it's good to examine and break those barriers. Where do we see ourselves stuck? But right. I, what you're saying, jump into turnstall stall. I can, I can in a different way, but I can absolutely relate. Even when I've had money in the past, mm. I, I don't know. I, I just, I think that there's a power and consistency showing up. And yes. like I said earlier, my big lesson on money is it's a form of self-care. Yeah, I agree. I'm also curious because now that I was listening to you speak and thinking about our similarities, I tend to teach what I experience. So I, I you know, we were talking about experiencing and practicing things. So if I hadn't hit my rock bottoms to dive into transformation work and all of that stuff to heal myself, I wouldn't even have these tools to teach. And I wonder the same for you. It's so much more potent hearing these practices from someone who applied them and is a living example of how they can work. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, totally agree. I mean, also, and even like the stuff that say I teach a lot of say quote esoteric stuff, a lot of you know mm -hmm. numerology and, and you know mystical Kabbalah and things like that. I can say I embody it. I live and breathe it. So when it comes to the yeah. prosperity practices, I shared things I really lived and breathed. Right. And I want to show, like, I'm not a multimillionaire. It's on my prosperity. It's on my vision board. Right. I'm like making efforts to do that not just the lust of money it's like the empowerment of life right and um 
I just, but the, the trajectory so far that I've had from absolute suicidal rock bottom, you know, no money, literally no money, like, and getting evicted and whatnot to, whoa, how I'm still like, damn, I, I own a house. Just supporting a family feels really empowering, like as a man, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not even Mr. Gender, but like just, (laughs) or even as an adult, (laughs) you know, um, it's, uh, so I, the, that transformation I embody, I hope there's somebody in a much better position that could take that arc and turn mm-hmm. that into something even greater. I'd love someone to go through some of these practices who's doing great. And all of a sudden they've just taken things that yeah. next level. Yeah. That is it. So there's the call guys. If you get the book and you're wealthy already and you do it and you like double, <laughs> double your net worth, Let's, we want to hear from you. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Take it. Yeah. Well, and I think it's good to learn, you know, that's what I, the, the magical tradition. And it's funny how like I'm taught these things and I sort of drift off really does teach that, um, having a one of the teachings and I didn't get into it a ton in the book, but this I think should really speak to you and a lot of people out there is that, um, I was always encouraged. It's a teaching and a practice to create your own business. Mm. And I thought, Oh, okay, what am I going to do? And my teacher gave me this, like this, some sort of sharpening kit to sharpen knives, like kitchen knives. Yeah. And he was like, well, why don't you start a knife sharpening business? I'm like, I was like 19. I was like, I don't want, that's not, that's not my calling. Right. I don't want to, I like, I didn't know what my calling was. And I realized now in hindsight, many, many years later, he was just trying to activate that. Right. I realized, Mm. no, it wasn't the business of that. That was my calling that I'm going to live and breathe all things sharpening knives. (laughs) But that practice, sometimes when a teacher, if you accept that somebody is your spiritual teacher, you should just sort of go with it. It, There was another lesson there, but I Mm. now see having my own business is also a thing where what I, what it was about is having your own freedom. I don't, we wanted to leave LA and I wasn't in my case, I could be anywhere and I intentionally built it up that way, but Mm -hmm. I don't have to really, I answer to clients and the people that support this work, but I don't, I don't have a boss. And I don't mean it in a defiant way. I mean it in an empowering way. I can make the moves that I want to make. Yeah. Like you did that. that. I, I knew you mostly Mm -hmm. from the store in Atlanta and a number of Mm -hmm. years ago, I was like, damn, she like pulled that off. I'm like, New York, how do you even rent an apartment in New York? (laughs) That's like, you should write the New York city prosperity book. Man. It's a, it is a, it has been testing my limits of um, my belief of what's possible financially for myself living here for sure. Um, But it also is what you're saying. It's like what you said was you set it up that way. And one of the best advice I ever had from, um, it was actually a client of mine when I was doing marketing work. He owned this restaurant for 40 years. It was a project of his and grad school that turned into this neighborhood restaurant. And I said, well, I'm about to open my own brick and mortar business. What advice would you impart? And he said, make sure that you own your business and your business doesn't own you. And I remembered that. Because then, because it could also very easily be the opposite of what you're saying if you don't set it up with that understanding at the beginning. 
And that's why I was able to. Yeah, that's why I was able to. I always had it in my mind. And the idea of building a factory and not a fruit stand and like some of these like cheesy phrases, but like from very early days, I was like, how do I get myself out of this business in a way, you know, where I'm not having to be the one sharpening the knives. <laughs> Which you could have hired me if I ever started that business. <laughs> like where would that I always think like where would that be now? You know, it's interesting. I had a I worked I did work in restaurants for a lot of years. And you know, when I was younger too, this is where I was I, I just sabotaged it. And I had I was mm. good at it and people wanted to invest like a big money. Uh, and I had some vision to open places, but I'm just sort of in another language reiterating what you said is um my i had an old boss in that business who's been he was like a mentor i almost to me he was like a spiritual teacher he really dropped a lot Mm -hmm. of wisdom that i use today but in that specific situation he was like you need to make sure that you are if you're going to open a restaurant or any business, like you said, the fruit stand or the factory, make sure it's big enough that you didn't just buy yourself a job for the rest of your life. You know, someone wants a cute little cafe that seats, you know, 15 people and you're trying to do high end dinners. And then you realize, Oh, I, I have a job now the rest of my life. Yeah. But that's where my next phase, that's where I'm trying to figure with this business. Cause right now it's all me and it all depends. I have to show up all the time which I'd love to do, but I have to long-term start thinking, how do I create other things that monetize and and things like that? The books are a good practice. Um, But now some, I'm in a phase now to level up to another level, if you will, that seems sort of redundant, but that's how it's coming out. And I'm actually now having to go and delve into the book and apply these practices. Mm. Like, so I'm like, okay, It's time That's to so like, cool though. It's, I'm like, you probably experienced this. Oh, I got to actually double down and apply everything that I'm teaching. Yep. I, 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 I get things. a kick out of it. When I do some of my rituals that are in my book, I like pull out my book and I'm like, okay, what are the steps? <laughs> you know, it's like, do you ever look, I don't know. Do you ever look back and you're like, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah, I do. I, I, I do that a lot. <laughs> um, I started rereading. I my first book was numerology and I was like, and I was actually sending a copy to someone who's very literary and I didn't write a piece of literature. I'm like, basically I wrote, here's a, you know, it's a workshop and it's some level an extra instruction manual. It's not that dry Same. though, but you know, yeah. we're, I'm teaching, we're writing, teach, we're teaching people, but I, I, it's cool to like, to look at it. But now with prosperity practices, I'm like, okay, I'm picking certain practices now that I just like officially started this Sunday. There's a new mm. moon, but it was an eclipse. And I was like, well, yeah. let's wait till after the eclipse. And we're still totally. in, the, in the growing moon. How do you yes. feel about that? So many people are like, oh, I might get married on the eclipse. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to say if you can avoid it, that's not the best day, Same, but I'm also Same. not, not superstitious, but the energies are just, it's at a point it comes down to it's scientific. It's chaotic. It's, you know, why add an extra layer of, I don't know, X factor. Yeah. For right? an eclipse. You're doing? And this yeah. was clearly intense as we saw all the buildup, but um, yeah, I just, I, I think 
I just think a lot of people too drawn to spirituality, money becomes an afterthought because we're not mm. a lot of like material possessions. I don't think are that valuable in a sense, but, um, and then you realize the money is, is so much deeper than that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's really tied into worth, you know, yeah. it's tied into worth and, um, I guess self-belief and all of those, those things. I think usually that's been my barrier. A couple of things for me with money, I would say I would be either I get into this weird worth issue or my container is too small. Like I'm ready to take the next leap, but I'm kind of scared to do it. Right. So it's like, I, that's for me, anytime I've, I've, when I go in retrospect to see about periods of, I've had some serious depression, depressive times. And it's always come down to the fact that I, the world was closing in on me because I wasn't stepping into the bigger expression of whatever, what was next, which is also prosperity, right? It's a bigger life. It's like Jupiter expansion energy. Anytime I fight that, it doesn't work out for me. You know, I actually, I'm really grateful for you bringing that up and kind of reminded me because I feel like I'm in this little, for me, my growth right now, like a threshold. And it's like that sort of next level of expression and, and self-worth, you know, and I got together with some practitioners and friends. This is kind of what we had started um, in a small group and we decided to just talk about some where we feel blocked. But mm. I think you said it really well. It's like the container. And, and I teach that, like, how are you a fit receptacle for that? Right. So mm. like it, magical teach, like you can pray and ask for all the wisdom of the universe and it'll come, it'll show up for you, but you're not the caliber to know what the heck to do with all of the wisdom of the universe. You'll just, it'll just sort of puff on by you. So mm -hmm. I might say, okay, I want $10 million, but where am I the fit receptor? How am I that container? Like, what yeah. do I have? And then, so I have to also then apply some 3d. Uh, it's like this combination of applying practical nuts and bolts, sort of tangential 3d stuff while allowing miracles and being open to what wild possibilities show up because you just never know. And I think people get stuck with, the, especially with these types of prosperity books, people want like a one trick pony, right? Right. Well, you're always just relaxing and flowing. Well, you're going to be a douchebag if you're just flowing <laughs> and relax. You're going to be a vagabond. Like that's what happens. You're just going to like saunter your way into nothingness or if you're just strategized you're never gonna have a miracle show up for you and yeah. so i've just gotten better but i'm like leveling up what is my next output like i feel so much coming through me all the time and sometimes i don't live up to it i i mm. actually feel like some of like i'm insecure about my weight is, is one of my biggest blocks right so it's like weight and appearance especially with covid where we all especially living in la uh it's like nobody was out doing all the things you do in la and like it just hid but then i've i've turned that into some sort of self-worth but i feel like some of the weight is just where i have so much dynamic expression and maybe i'm not expressing mm. enough does that make sense? Like, yeah, I don't mean I like in a delusional way, but it's sort of like, you know what? I'm fucking awesome and I have big things to do and I'm repressing it a little bit. Yeah, I think that's normal. I think, um, I don't know. There's something about the human condition, I think, that's always striving for a little bit more 
And what I've found, and some of your practices in the book kind of allude to this or directly give people practices of how to do it, it's that weird combination of being so grateful for where you are while gently reaching for the next thing. And it's holding both of those simultaneously. Yeah. And that's another reminder for me because really the way you said it, I love that. And that's exactly where I'm at because I had these big goals like, okay, we're, we're going to, I'm going to buy a house. Like what did I wanted? I wanted to be married. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that was a big goal. And then it was like the house. So now I have a, like, literally we, ha I should put a white picket fence around our house. Right. It's <laughs> like a Norman, Norman Rockwell, idyllic, like a little yard. I'm looking at the mountains. It's a beautiful white house. It's not, you know, compared to your like urban LA living, I feel like I live in a <laughs> right. mansion and there's somebody else like this house ain't shit, you know, but for, for me and for my family, this was the big level up and we have a beautiful, I have a beautiful son or we have a beautiful son. And, and now I know there's another place to go, but it's like where do, it's easy to get stagnant. I think when it's good enough. Mm. Yeah, there is. So that's, I love that you're saying this because this is something that I've learned about myself is I thought I was really good at transformation and change, you know, being a Scorpio or whatever. Yeah, Pluto, we're Pluto wizards. <laughs> yeah, but what I realized was up until very recently, um, mainly because of financial stuff too, it's like I've been trying to fix myself. It's come from this place of urgency, from this place of rock bottom. For It's like my back is against the wall. I transform or I die. I transform or I die. And that's yeah. how I'm used to. And I've gotten a real long way with that up until maybe like a few years ago. And I think the ending of my marriage was my last like transforming something, like letting something die and transforming a couple years ago. But I'm also very comfortable and I'm trying to figure out like how do I approach aggressive transformation? Because that's the only way I know. Maybe it doesn't have to be aggressive, but being comfortable and not having the the pressure to fix myself, to like transform or die, to have that urgency. There's nothing like pressing me to change. Okay. I'm like, everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm like, are we just like Scorpio idiots? Cause <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> Kelly, my friend, I'm, I'm the exact same way. So my joke too is like ah, Scorpio is ruled by Pluto. Pluto is powerful transformation, transmutation. We could die and be reborn as much as we want. And for a lot of my earlier life, I just like all oh, putts around till I get hit, you know, in the corner and I get, get out of it. Right. And then I don't make a move until I get that like you know sort of gun to my head if you will and yeah, I, I don't same. i think it's maybe a scorpio thing to some degree but this is what i've started to get better is just instead of getting it to that point let me just keep stockpiling the good stuff and it's sort of like my i guess your my spiritual savings account or something like yeah. i just i want to get more and more ahead i don't just mean financially but energetically emotionally yep. everything so if I'm, and I've thought about it, exactly what you do is what is such my pattern. And mm -hmm. with a family now, I'm like, okay, I just have to make sure I don't sabotage it so I can then reinvent everything and come and rise from the ashes even better and greater. Let me just keep rising. I don't need that yeah. bottom anymore. And Agreed. That's what it's, I'm searching it's for. It's hard. <laughs> you know what? 
you know what changed that for me was for me was the earthly practice of saving money mm, yeah. and and the earthly practice of saving money which is a practice in the book mm-hmm. and it's not about oh about scarcity and save it for a rainy day it's like you know what i'm going to be able to keep making money so i can put more money aside and yeah. I, what I learned too is money is just such a, a manifestation of life force energy and yeah. more money, more options. That's all. Yeah. Like don't fall yeah. in more money, more problems, this or that. Like, yeah. Right. Buying a house is I never really had a gray hair until we got our house. <laughs> we had a newborn. I had another book deal. I had a manuscript due. right? These are all the things like, you know how many people want book deals, right? And I'm just like, this is all the best stuff and I can't handle it. Um, right. And, but I think for me, I'm learning endurance and staying ahead Yeah, because I've gotten too good. I think Scorpios, but a lot of people, addicts, I call us Pluto wizards. Like we just know how mm-hmm. to transform and we know how to, we can come back from the dead <laughs> a for lot, sure. but I just for feel sure. like, what if we just keep transcending? Yeah, well, that's, I, I think that's to, the mature. As mm-hmm. friends, we, you and I, as Scorpio colleagues, we need to like encourage each other. Yeah, I agree. That. I agree. And I love what you're saying about like the just the maintenance and just like keep moving forward. And I will say this podcast is on the new side, but I've interviewed two other people so far. Kim Kranz, who I'm, you might be familiar with. Yeah, I'm actually um, friends with her. Oh, cool. So her and then also this other woman named Claire Goodchild, who created um, the black and she's called the black of the moon, but she has these decks and books, etc. And the theme that keeps coming up, and I see it in your work, too, is these like energetic deposits daily, the daily mundane, every day, just getting up, getting getting your ass to the mat, or putting that, you know, auto draft you know, into your savings account or whatever, like that's actually what's going to pay off for you in the long run. And so I think I notice myself, it's like I double down on my practice when shit is hitting the fan and I kind of ease up when things are going all right. And that doesn't actually serve me in the long run. And what's the, how can I have the mature long vision um, for myself and make that promise to myself on those daily minute levels? God, I had, um, I know we've known each other like, uh, like throughout the years, but like I haven't talked a lot and I'm like so in agreement and on your page and, and it is, and, and those listen, you don't have to be a Scorpio. You don't have to always like put your, you know, get yourself cornered, but it's that consistency. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's the thing that I've really started to learn and you just said it really well and i like what you said it's like putting that sort of auto payment in your account and it's not just the money it's like show up it's like do some sort of daily practice that gets you in touch with your infinite soul for me Mm -hmm. it's a combination of different meditations but then it's like all this like being prepared for life and like i live in a winter climate again and we mostly use like wood heat And so I'm like, oh, now I see these cycles of nature, which are really cool Mm -hmm. because it kind of goes back to the the pagan roots or the witchcraft roots. And for me, sure, ceremonial magic. But we we're I'm always babbling on and teaching and giving workshops about the solstices and the equinoxes. And now I actually get to live them again. And Mm -hmm. I'm seeing just with the property like, oh, I got to be ahead of the curve 
because winter yes. is coming. Winter. And <laughs> and so I've like some people, I don't know what it is, and I'm resentful, but I say that in a in a sweet and loving, jokey way. Some people are just good at adulting. It really comes yeah. down to like kind of having your stuff together. But at the same token, I see a lot of people that are really practical and smart and they're always, you know, they're kind of together, but like it's the miracles too. Like as magicians and witches and whatnot and yogis, whatever, it's like we're working in all these different realms and we want it. We kind of want it all because we're supposed to embody all of nature. Yeah. yeah. And I feel I, that yeah, these paths, I think that like, whatever term some like you know old language might be like god's will for you in my magical training it's your will which is your true purpose your higher destiny life coachy terms your destiny or new agey angelic realm ideology it's like your what's for your highest good and what's sort of um you know however but what's like what's best and i feel like that's so expansive and i also feel that uh, we're in a new paradigm where the spiritual teaching, I think that prosperity for all is really where we're headed. This really is the most prosperous time in history, even though people want to spiral out. Like, mm -hmm. and we could always look at something on the outside and tell us how it's caving in. And, and every single person, doesn't matter what race, demographic, cultural upbringing spiritual practice could really you can easily create narratives of how oppressed you are some people have it are going to have it harder and have more obstacles to come through um i created a lot of horror and obstacles where i wanted to die and so i had to apply a little more to not be yeah. poor i mean destitute poverty but my attitude so i like I, I get it, um, but I, I don't know. I I think it is. This is my long way of coming back to that. The more I'm just consistent and show up, right? You and I are astrologers, yeah. right? And like we had this crazy eclipse recently, right? And we could, but if you're like constantly just doing your practice, that stuff it just kind of all works out. It starts working out in your favor. Hence, yeah. that's why I wrote the Prosperity Practices book. If you do some of these daily, things just start it working out for you. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't believe that. And I'm not trying to sell fanciful miracles out of nothing. But these little things change your vibrational frequency. They change your headspace. And mm -hmm. from that, other opportunities start showing up. And or it's like amazing. To add to that, you see them. You actually see it. Sometimes the opportunities are showing up in the headspace doesn't allow you to recognize them. Really either, good point, too. too. Yeah, where we're just like cut off and then we're sort of inadvertently arrogant and dull. That's where I think mm. the simplest practice for that is a gratitude list where you start focusing on what do you have? Yeah. And then you realize the first time I did that, I just went through like half a notebook and I explained mm. it in the book. And it was like, <clears throat> excuse me, it was, you know, everything. I wrote my all my physical assets, which was like a suitcase of stuff and a coffee <laughs> maker. and a But I was like, my toothbrush. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm actually grateful for my toothbrush. 
Like you, mm-hmm. you, you take that for granted. Oh, it's just a toothbrush. I can buy one in any corner store, but it's like your teeth are clean. Like it's what a wonderful tool. And, um, it's it's easy to lose sight of all that i still do it when things are good you just start you get sort of stuck in the um just in like the practicality of life or the kid and and so back to what you're saying what i wanted to share in this book is this mindset you you that there's a wonder and you start Mm -hmm. to see it and you're yeah. like, oh, there's be- there is this beauty in everything, and that changes the frequency. My experience is then, not like I have a line. This is one of the few, the, one of the things that really solidified the book deal was like, fall in love with the life you have, and you'll live a life you love. Because mm-hmm. I notice, and even in our sort of wellness zeitgeist, and people that want to do things and self improve. There's this. There's an external chasing of some destiny. What is my purpose? I need to be doing my purpose. That was me at nineteen. I my purpose isn't sharpening knives, right? Mm-hmm. And now I realize purpose is so much deeper. But when I learned that magical teaching, it also even relates to the fool card uh, in tarot. Um, but I sort of surrender to that. But in that his gratitude helped me do that. And then I was like, all right, this is what I have. This is, this is what I'm working with. And then all of a sudden these other opportunities started showing up because I was in a different frequency and I wasn't yeah. just chasing the external thing that my ego thought I loved. Right. I was in LA for a year. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be an actor. Right. Um, but whatever the, the goals are, I, I just, I know and that's why this is a very important teaching. Just fall in love with where you're at exactly with everything you have. The mm-hmm. the other, you're just, the other things are going to show up. You don't know necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I Yeah. I mean, you just reminded me of something. I don't know how it applies, but I'm going to say this. We had a, I had a teacher. She was more of a friend to you um, for five years or so. And she told me one day, she said, Kelly, I'm going to help you with these practices, get everything you want. And then she said, and then you're going to come to me and realize it wasn't about any of it, but you're going to have to get it to know that it's not the point. And she didn't stick around long enough for me to go back, but there have been many times where I've been very sad since and been like, gosh, you're not here to show me now what's next. You know, like I did the thing, like I built the multi-million dollar business. I'm doing the this, I'm doing the that, and I'm still having the same thing. So I guess what you're saying with like the sense of purpose, like I thought my purpose was my business or demystifying mysticism or whatever. And like you do all that stuff and then you realize that it is a much deeper thing. And it's like a, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just, it just came to me to to mention. Well, I'm glad she- I don't want it to uh, be a cat- I don't want it to be counter your message of prosperity, no, by the that's way. That's exactly that. What your teacher told you is literally in my book. And that's a magical teaching too, to do without the lust of result. Right. Mm-hmm. So we get so caught up on our ego goals and which, you know, I think it's fun. Like, I think it's cool that she said, go get them and mm-hmm. then see, um, I certainly have had goals and I've gotten them and then it's, it's great. But yeah, sometimes you're like, okay, all right, now what? Right. 
That's mm-hmm. the devil card, blind ambition. And ah. um, the that might be one of my other books where I take these and go way more esoteric in combination of like tarot and planets and things like that. But um, I, I just like it is that frequency. Um, but when you are just so caught up in the result of something, you there's no hope there's no miracle there's no hey actually the universe there's even a cooler better plan right right? it's like how many people listening have thought this is my soulmate this is my twin flame this is the (laughs) one right you're like on your notebook you're writing your initials plus you know like whatever you know that's just a great easy example to get so fixated on like a person relationships are tricky because it does take two to tango but like um you know sometimes it's five of cups shit doesn't work out life on life's terms but if you just fall in love with the whole of it i'm telling you these i admit amazed what shows up i mean i was often like you know woe is me i'm just i'm never gonna meet anybody right like Mm. that was definitely and you know, I share in the book, I feel like on some level, I'm a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, but it is what it is. I just finally had to draw that line in the sand and say, here I am now, what am I working with? Let's start. I didn't even know what I wanted. I thought I wanted to like, I wanted to be a TV writer or something. That was my big lusty goal. And I got like one little film thing. So that was satisfying, very much satisfied my ego it did honestly boost my confidence because it was like, wait, I have some ability and some skill. And then I learned through a lot of yogic teachings, like there's just something going on in your aura. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where you are going to attract some of these bigger clients. That's why you're in the room at a major Hollywood studio is nobody. And then they're taking your story and things like that. And, and so it, it all becomes internal. Yeah. If yeah. it's like that great alchemist or St. Germain or anybody who's found the philosopher's stone, they've worked this inside stuff. The outside stuff shows up. It's that becomes yeah. easy. For sure. That's been my, ex- my experience too. And I think you talk a lot about gratitude in the book and there's lists and things like that, which I agree with what a frequency that I love to play with is awe. And I think luckily because I'm in like a magical space, every time I do a tarot reading for a client, and I see, I turn over the cards and I know exactly what's happening. It feels like awe to me. And I talk to my partner about it all the time. He's like, you've done this thousands of times and you still walk out of every reading like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. That was so incredible. Um, or like you do like, you know, that ceremony or that ritual and like it works and, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, can you believe it? So that's another thing I'd like to introduce. I don't know where it falls in like the spiritual spectrum or the energetic hierarchy of uh, vibration, but that's so fun for me. Well, it's funny because I actually do the exact same thing and I've done thousands of readings. I'm pretty known for it. And, um, every reading I'm always like, whoa. Same. I nailed it and I'm not even trying to like I don't even mean like oh look at me I'm so I'm profoundly psychic like or someone will message me a few years later and like you know you said this 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 and now it's like and I'm I'm in awe too and I'm always like an excited little boy where I'm I just sort of revel in it and it's because I know for me when I do one-on-ones and I do readings I what I'm really trying to line 
is what's the highest outcome, what's the highest potential, right? Yeah. And um, and it it's also just cool when you do it. I think that's why we probably keep doing it. Yeah, I think if we got cynical, yeah. I go mm-hmm. in every time, sort of a blank slate. I'm always even a hair nervous because people oh, are relying on you to be like extra. Um, I guess I, I'm more excited now. I, I just know, I mean, some of it, there's a lot of experience, but I just delight so much in like guiding others. And, but every time I nail it, which is every time and every time <laughs> I'm like, Whoa. yeah, you I'm know? the same way. And I, that's why I actually think reading for me for folks is a little bit selfish in a way because I enjoy it so much and I get those feelings of awe and I'm locked into a space that I really can only get into in that dynamic. Like it's not like I'm walking around all the time, like feeling that similar energy. It's very specific for me. Um, and so anyway, I, I love the idea of awe. I was working, I went to actually, I was thinking of choosing between going to your um, event. And then there was at the same time, there was one in the Catskills, which was closer to me. And I wound up going to that one with this woman named Veronica Varlow. And we were creating, she, um, she's has a book, Bohemian magic. Uh, she also was raised. Yeah. You, you might be familiar with her. Yeah. She's, she's legit. She's really great. Um, hopefully I'll have her on. Yes, please. I'll have to get the book too. For sure. It's wonderful. And we were um, creating sigils out of, you know, words that resonate for us. And I I chose the Empress of Awe. And I like made a sigil with those letters. And then we sang into the stones. It was just so beautiful. But yeah, that energy for me is just the best. And so I think my prosperity, now what I'm realizing as I'm talking through this with you is like, how can I replicate that in my practice, in my projects, and, and find, like, look for those glimmers of awe. A gratitude, I love too. And I'm sure everyone says it's the secret sauce and I'll work on that. But what comes most innately to me is awe. Or like we were sitting on the roof because um, we get to do that in New York and we were looking up and I was just looking at Jupiter and I'm just like, wow, that's Jupiter, like right there. Like I was a celebrity sighting, you know? And it's just like that sense of awe. Kelly, even in terms of like formal, rigid, magical training, which isn't really that rigid, but it's a, that been my life aesthetic work. Um, one of the first, you know, I was taught in a certain tradition, but one of the first practices is meditation. And I actually did this. I've done this at some of my retreats where you just, you get into a place and you go back into that a moment in time as a child, when you just felt the most in awe most free, mm. the most liberated. And that in magic, we teach, that's what we're kind of going back to. So you're, that's what you're talking about. Mm. And I think that's also some of the magic of like the fool. Um, and there's just an innocence yeah, there. And, yeah. and then everything becomes, there's a yogic teaching, treat everything like it's a delightful piece of fruit. Oh, interesting. So, like, you know, this way, too, when, you know, if the shit hits the fan on the outside, right, like life on life's terms kind of stuff, you can maneuver through it in a very different way. But I think I just think that innocence and magical innocence 
and in a way that's what I'm trying to cultivate in my book is like this purity of self, meaning, you know, you being you, you know, yeah. universe is ready yeah. to serve you if you just be you. But somehow we make that the most complicated, confusing <laughs> thing, right? Like whether it's meeting the partner of like, or the the money or the career, whatever it is. Like I always have a comedy sketch I want to do in my head about like two <laughs> souls that are like soulmates, but the soul's like, you know, I think it's time. Maybe we should see other souls. And then I'm thinking how, Oh, that other soul is like, yeah, but I'm going to reincarnate and I'm going to live in like LA and now I'm going to have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on personal transformation work so I can get <laughs> to this place. So I'm like always thinking of like all of that labor and work and what do we have to do? And then it's like, wait a minute, let's just drop it all. There's we're these like beautiful, innocent, infinite souls. And mm. it, and so my book, which you know, the sort of log line, harnessing the power of positive thinking to create the life you want, um, which my my publisher actually came up with that, but they felt after reading through the book that a lot of it and a lot of these practices were changing your mindset to that sort of positive thinking, that place of awe. Sure. And it's not, a lot of people immediately want to be like, you're delusional, you're walking around like love and light, airy fairy, like that's that's just different. That's not, we work in all four worlds and yeah. um, I'm taking a, like a regular, like college writing course right now, creative writing and it's walking and writing. And actually it sort mm. of produces what you're saying because even with all these meditation practices and growing up on an ashram and yoga of awareness and all of that, um, this little writing class is bringing me to the states that you're talking about because I just have to go through a little walk and start paying attention. I was supposed to like mm. take notes and then see where something takes roles from there. Right. But I'm like, Oh, there's just so much going on. I was like, I saw an inchworm and I was like, that's mm -hmm. the coolest thing. There's a little mm -hmm. green guy is just going up <laughs> his little, his little um, thread, you know? And I watched a leaf fall. And this may sound so lame to some people, especially Scorpios out there, right? But I'm like, I watched this leaf, this dying leaf, it's fall at this time that we're recording. But how graceful it just like released. And it was like, yeah, I'm just mm. falling. And I, I was realizing just through this class of walking, taking notes and writing little memoir and essays, um, how much there is to delight there's no money involved right it's a pen you know you don't need a 26 dollar moleskin you could just <laughs> you know use a pencil and a scrap of paper um and it's putting me back in that state that you're talking about and sometimes i think we just forget yeah for sure. And I'm, I'm also thinking probably watching your child grow up reminds you, I know when I'm with my nephew and just seeing him experiencing for the first time and just so delighted with the simplest thing, like give him a toilet paper roll and he's like, Whoa, yeah, I was <laughs> saying amazing. that to my wife, like everything is an awesome freaking toy to him. Yeah. It's a mm -hmm. stick, a handful of rocks. He sees a car, like forget it. We were in New York city, which was like a, just a, 
oasis of delights and noise and trucks and construction and fire trucks. He just, he would wake up every day. It was like 6 a.m. He would go, this is, he was like just a little over one at that time. And he's grabbing his shoes out of the, the closet six in the morning, waking me up being like, all right, dad, let's go out. And he just (laughs) delights in every noise, every smell, every, like every interaction. We were on the Lower East Side. Then I went up around through Chinatown, just super busy. Those markets. Yeah. Um, Walked by your shop, stuff like that. Um, And it's just such a good reminder because everything is just fucking awesome to him. Yeah. I wanted to just say one more thing before we close, because I I don't want to take up too much of your time. When you were saying about just a comment I wanted to mention about um, telling yourself, you know, the positive story and having a positive mindset. My experience has been, and I tell this to clients all the time, we're meaning makers as humans. We're going to create stories and stories often are just our perception and they're not really true. So you like what harm is it to tell yourself the better version of the story where you're the hero, where things work out, where you give people the benefit of the doubt. And like you said in your book, you assume everyone's doing their best. You're going to assign meaning. You're going to make a story anyway. Just make it a good one. Yeah. I think that's a really good reminder for everybody listening. Sometimes I joke to my wife. I'm like, you know, even though my readings, I take a very positive and powerful spin and I will point out, Hey guys, like watch for this, this, this. But, um, sometimes I'm like, you know, if I just tell people, my God, this is the most successful chart I've ever seen in my life. Even if they're just, it's going to plant something in their psyche. And they're just, even if they're going off half cocked, I think they're going to create that reality. Mm. Now, I, it's not what I'm doing just for any future bookings out there listening to this. I'm very You're real. You're just gassing people up. You're just gassing yeah. people up and send them on their way. <laughs> exactly. But I'm like, I'm always thinking, you know what? That probably would be even the best thing I could do where, um, you know, it's, you know, it, it's not really delusional. I like that, that notion. Just assume everything is a conspiracy working in your favor. Yeah. And I've gotten in those zones where I'm like, oh, yeah, everything's just the timing, the synchronicity, the the alignment. Like, it's all one big miracle if you actually take a minute, breathe, and pay attention to it. For sure. It's my mantra that I think I got from Abraham Hicks that a long time ago that I had to fake it till I make it, but is everything is always working out for me. And my sister even did a little cross-stitch little thing for me to put on my wall that has that just alone that one practice so i know these one simple practices can work changed my my whole outlook on on life and at first it felt untrue it felt a little like ooh is it really working out for me when you know the taxi drives by and splashes me with the puddle you're, <laughs> like or you're my shoes are wet all day you're meeting your yeah. accountant <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i will say like it it really did make a difference for me and then wouldn't you know things started working out you know, so I know it just can happen. Well, and that's why I put a lot of practices in this book because, you know, there's always, there's going to be one that really hits home. Like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. thing that like changed my life, one of the, my favorite was just giving a gift away every day for 40 days. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. And then my whole childhood or my whole life, we read about Scorpio and they're always like generous. 
And I'm like, oh yeah, that is true. I love giving gifts, right? So mm-hmm. that was like, because I felt like too much of my life, I'd just been living in some scarcity or like, you know, just week to week making ends meet or whatever the case is. And then I'm like, let me just flip it. And that's Jupiter. That's mm-hmm. like the blessings of mm-hmm. Jupiter where you're just, instead of, I teach a lot about Jupiter and I'm sure you do too. It's like this great beneficent and these things start showing up, but it's also us being beneficent and giving and sharing and that was like a big life changer and then nuts and bolts paying attention to my numbers financially yeah. um, like cuz i would I'd be afraid i was afraid yeah. of money i was it wasn't the money i was afraid of lack of money and confronting how much i didn't have and then yeah, when i just confronted sure. it next thing i know it just kept building up and up and up and up yeah. yeah. And I would say just to validate what you're saying about paying attention to your numbers and also you're a numerologist, so I don't need to tell you this, but for other people, just holding a number like in my mind's eye, I remember it was a few years ago, I had this, what I thought was a real stretch goal for the business. And I remember telling my partners, I was like, okay, we're going to hit this number. And it was like December something. And we were hundreds of thousands of dollars away. And then wouldn't you know, we got this opportunity to be on Good Morning America and we sold like a few hundred thousand dollars of merchandise in 24 hours and we hit that goal. And I had a marketing meeting today with my marketing team. I'm like, okay, we've got to start assigning, you know, numbers and goals to these efforts. And I want us all to hold on to that number. Like that's this or better is where we're headed. And I've, I've had a lot of success with that. Just meditating on a number. Yeah, that's very powerful and very true. And I think that comes through the more that you have some consistency and then you you put that in your projection because mm-hmm. how many times are people listening that utilize these types of techniques? Did you get it? And then you went back and you're like, wait, that wasn't so bad. I thought that was impossible. Right. Why didn't I go higher? Right? Like, right. <laughs> right, right, right. I remember right. putting if years ago, I wrote a little vision board. It was on my phone and I was like, easily make at least $10,000 a month. And I was like, that seems like impossible. And then within a couple months, and then the first time I did that, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Let me change that. <laughs> Aim higher. Yeah. You know, like, but at the, I also think it's good to be like, okay, where are you at? What are some short range, you know, things that maybe seem realistic while also pushing for the the big thing. Um, But that was like, that seemed years ago, that seemed like an impossible amount of money and doing what I do, which is what I love. Right. I didn't think. Sure. And now I'm like, anybody I talk to you, I'm like, you got a minimum do that. Like if you just, if you want to live in a city, I mean, you, you just like, and this was years ago. So that money was worth a lot more than sure. Now I don't, that's a, that's a night out in New York. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I think that's the truth. Uh, well, thank you so much. So before we go, if you have another couple minutes, we always yeah. like to leave people with a practice. So something I, that they can do right away. What do you think? Yeah. I, oh yeah. I would love to. I could, as a fellow Scorpio too, and we're really, I, we could talk forever, but yeah, I wanted to do this little practice that's in my book called the yes practice. Um, okay. because I think yes is, is for a lot of people, it's very challenging to just 
sort of flip that dynamic. And this is a great way to, you'll feel a difference. So all you do is we're just going to, we're going to sort of chant. Yes. Yes. But have your arms out. I am sitting here with the microphones in the way, but I'm just going to like from my heart chakra, my fingertips are touching and I'm just going to sort of reach out and up really simple. Like I'm receiving something, but I'm also like, you know, whatever, hallelujah. Like, and then just start repeating it with me. Yes. 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 If you smile yes. even better yes. when you say it. Yes. Yes. Even if yes. it's cheesy, just yes. work your way through it. Yes. 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 Start seeing things that you want. Yes. That big job interview. Yes. The contract. Yes. Your new book deal, whatever it is. Yes. 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 It's hard to stop laughing. I mean, do that three minutes, one minute. Yes. 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 A liquid two million dollars. Yes. 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 Um, just keep going. That practice, man, when I first learned that, it's just like I already feel like a shift in my brain chemistry. I think there's a physiological thing, which is where yoga is great, but I don't think we say yes enough. I think that Mm. we, so many of us, our first reaction is, okay, I I need to get from point A to point B. What are the obstacles? How do I solve it? When sometimes we can just bypass it and yes. And it was like you said, like you had this goal you're like, that is totally illogical. And then uh, was it Good Morning America, you said? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden they show up. They're like, hey, we want you to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, this is the frequency. And these practices change your frequency to then all of a sudden, it's just, you get noticed on this other level. Yeah. And these yeah. quote miracles show up. I have countless stories where I, I remember years ago I was building all this I wasn't quite as known and um, I did a reading for somebody in LA and they're like, my God, this is amazing. They liked my personality and everything. They were like, would you ever go on a podcast? And I was like, yeah, sure. I just assumed, you know, it's like in your, yeah, in somebody's living room or something. She messaged me and she's like vice president, Ryan Seacrest productions, iHeartRadio, Mario Lopez. It was this huge, like millions of followers thing. It was like a huge deal. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I just said yes. And then that was like, that's when that helped me start to like solidify, like a sort of value in all of this and start mm-hmm. to get known. Um, and that's just from being in that vibe and that energy. But also yeah. I said yes to it. But I think we we block it. We block too much. So I suggest everyone, well, please buy my book. Um, yes. But uh, that yes practice is a game changer. Three minutes, two yeah. minutes. We just did it, what, a minute? Right? It was so and, fun. It felt like childlike, that, that awe we're talking about, that playfulness too. It was really fun. Yeah, and I think it's good because for me, I I bypass where I think I'm dorky or you know, as a Scorpio, mm-hmm. you got to be cool and magnetic, cool. right? <laughs> <laughs> Mysterious, <laughs> not yeah, an open for sure. book, you know. Yes, yes. 
Um, you can definitely, everyone needs to get Remington's book. You can buy it at modernmysticshop.com and then other places where books are sold. But it's better if you get it from us because we're going to mail you a special gift with purchase. Definitely and then where else can people find you? Yeah. Um, where else if you, can you know, look you? up Remington Donovan, that'll bring you right to my website. My Instagram, I funnel a lot through that, is uh, the mystical arts. Um, I have a podcast I do with my wife, it's sort of zeitgeist, social, critical commentary mixed in with astrology, numerology, and spiritual teachings. Um, and my Patreon is where I teach a lot of, where I go a lot deeper into a lot of the esoteric teachings, but it's all on my website. You just, I'm at a point, enter my name, you'll find it all. Thank you for listening to Moonday Mystic by Modern Mystic Shot. Moonday Mystic is hosted and created by Kelly Knight, produced by Ariel Duncan, and inspired by magical listeners like you.